Hi, my name is Jesse Daniel Smith, and I'm sitting here with Elena. Um, the Dirty Thirty. Yeah, yeah, you're the dirtiest thirty I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a controversial opinion that okay. I was going to tell you last night, but then I was like, "Oh, we should wait for the pod." Remember oh. that? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it is. Um, While well, you're looking for it, did you feel less dirty before today, or? <laughs> I am uh, definitely dirtier today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> controversial opinion. Stealing flowers from graves is totally fine. <laughs> I think it depends who you are. I think if like, if like, <laughs> if you're like the daughter of whoever's grave it is, it's kind of cute. It's like, hmm, this father was grown by my father's nutrients. And then <laughs> there's also people who are just stealing flowers. I'm talking about more about people who put flowers down. Uh, like on a gravestone, like they like oh. leave flowers. Oh, I was thinking more of like a Lord of the Rings, like floral <laughs> grave situation. No, I mean like when people leave a like a vase of flowers. Mm. I think if it's for like a cleaning purpose, purpose because like you know it looks kind of gross if like there's a bunch of dead old flowers on the grave. Oh, well, that's people different. That have a, people have a job to do that, right? I don't know about that, but that I think that's different. Whereas the gravestone, I think is like. Someone leaves a flower like just as like a remembrance. That transaction is over as soon as they leave. Mm-hmm. Mission fulfilled. Someone then takes those flowers and is like, okay, I'm going to give this to a living person <laughs> who will enjoy them. I just feel like it's fine. Is that weird? That's why it was a controversial opinion. I thought of it last time. Okay, we're not going to park on this too long. I just yeah. wanted to open up that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It feels... Uh, it feels like something like 30 is a pop culture number. Seems to be, we talked about this earlier. It's like, I remember there's episodes of Friends where each of the friends would turn yeah, 30 and inevitably panic. have some sort of panic. Except for Matthew Perry. I feel like he was already like 42. Yeah. <laughs> Show canon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, so it's kind of got a bit of that. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask you if you were feeling 30 flirty and thriving. This is another 30 in movies. 13 mm-hmm. going on 30 with Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner. Yeah, feel, being 30 feels like being 20, but you care less about uh, consequences. And you also care more, though, about like actual consequences that feel really bad. Like you're not like 20 and like, I want to drink a whole bottle and a half of wine and barf. Yeah, yeah, it might be, might have something to do with um, lower lows um, and higher highs being like more of a 20s thing. Yeah. So the idea being that like, I really, really don't want to be hungover. And that's kind of a trope of people in their 30s. I don't know if it's that it's worse. Like, I don't know if it's literally like, oh, my hangovers are worse now that I'm 30. Like the joke being like, when I was 18 and I was hungover, I would just kind of like get up and mm. go get breakfast and then we'd be drinking again. But when you're 35, you're out for four days, like that kind of energy. Mm. I wonder if people just get, um, if, if actually people's like tolerance for it goes away. Like when they're hungover at 30, whatever, they're just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> because I, I think that could be true because I definitely at 18 spent like a full Saturday afternoon, like just hanging out in the bathroom. I didn't actually throw up, but I felt like I was going to all day. 
Um, better, and, <laughs> uh, better not take any chances. Yeah, I spent a lot of time just sitting on the toilet, like with my pants on, like. I'll be ready. <laughs> uh, I could sit here all day. I'm young. I have nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, no homework. No. Um, but now um, it's like extra like, oh, God, this is I've done this. I think it's because you've done it so many times. It's like, oh, Jesus. And the payout gets less and less. I was reading a thing about how as soon as your body stops absorbing more alcohol, it starts to like synthesize it and, and your body starts going into the like hangover process like literally right away. So as soon as you are not drinking any longer, it the fun diminishes like really, really quickly. Yeah. So it's like, and that's the other thing I've noticed is that, is that drinking, it's like the, the come up is really fun, mm-hmm. but there's like a very sad darkness around like 2 a.m. Or just like last week at uh, a Did You Yell, I was like... I had smoked a little bit of weed. <laughs> I was like, wow, it would be amazing to be curled up in a ball, like watching TV with you at home already. <laughs> um, and then we got like, po- uh, made to walk to a poutine place. And I was like, fuck. Got to interface with people. You really, generally speaking, were not feeling that at all. No, I just like after a certain point, we had been out for like eight hours. I was just like, I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> people I were like, yeah, it. let's go drink somewhere else. It's like, no. That's... um. That's the biggest thing I could take away from from thirty, and it's just this this kind of like figuring out that your time is a little more valuable, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and just being like, okay, what what do I want to do in my lifetime? Like, what are the things I would like to spend the most time doing? Maybe I should do mm-hmm. one of those. And what's really nice is that that is a very powerful motivator. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my early twenties. You know, it's like, do I want to spend a lot of my life looking at a phone? Even if the information I get from the phone is amazing and vibrant and the videos are funny and the information is titillating. Um, (laughs) Is that how I want to do it? Just like downloading information. Um, And that will usually make me be like, I should probably uh, play guitar. Yeah. And play it. That's the other thing. It's really nice. I don't know what I don't know what has happened, but in my twenties, my relationship with the guitar was so dramatic because mm-hmm. I was like, "This is a like means you. to an end." It's like, yeah. and I'm and like my means isn't good. Mm. And now I tend to have I have a more of a uh, an aged relationship with it. I guess like it's just feels like I play guitar now because I enjoy the tactile experience of doing it. Which I think is probably good, yeah. and will probably ultimately like, you know, make me better at it. Even though that's not really the intent. I feel like it's like you only need to be so good at an instrument to do the kind of music we're doing. Really, yep. Actually, often the more you do, the 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 more like alienating it is for a listener. You can hear that with like John Mayer songs that no one like Assassin. <laughs> Does anyone remember that banger from Heartbreak Shots Studies? On. <laughs> remember Heartbreak Warfare? Um, Elena, you had a list of questions. I had a list of questions. <laughs> I had. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had one question, <laughs> which was, "Am I feeling uh, like thriving?" Oh yeah. Well, there's that one, but I also had another one in bed earlier where I was going. That I made a mental note to not say it and. Say it out loud, but it was, I think it was pretty close to the other one I just asked. It was just like, um, do you, uh, <laughs> do you truly feel that like you 
gain more respect from people or you feel more respected at 30 than even at like 29, 28. Like yeah. w- with people that are older, like you were saying that people near your fifties are just like, you're just like in the teacher's lounge now. And they're not like, what are you doing in here? They're like, Hey, what's up? I'm not <laughs> sure. For? I'm not sure if everybody is like this. I'm sure there's other people who are like this, but I'm not sure if this is a, uh, I'm I, like, I've been looking you see, you see me looking at books about autism and all this kind of stuff because I love to get into, love to try to figure out my own psychology. And I'd love to see just if there were any, anything about um, people with autism, if there was any crossover of things that were, you know, that sounded like me. Mm. Some things like don't at all. Other things I'm like, oh, I, I can also relate to this. Yeah. Trying to figure out like kind of where I am on the, on the whole spectrum of, and it's like a 3D cube, really. Like, there's all these quadrants and, like, of the kind of person you could be, like, outgoing but oblivious or super introverted or, or uh, you know, like, there's all these kind of different multipliers you can add to it. Yeah. But, uh, but um, wait, what was the original question you asked me? Oh, it was, like, do you truly feel that, like, 30 compared to 29 or 28? Oh, yeah. Okay. You feel more you. respect? Yeah. So, um, so, I like looking at all this stuff. And I think that one of the weirdest things about me that makes me wonder like what I have got going on under the hood is that I seem to be like insanely, uh, a painfully aware of, of, uh, like people to people interactions. Mm. Like really, I'm insanely oblivious when it comes to things like I get lost so easily. I never know where I am. It's like, I have no internal compass of like where things are pointed and I don't know, maybe it's just being in my head and not driving or not driving very much or what it is. Like, yeah. but for whatever reason, I have no sort of internal compass, but I feel like it's, I feel so insanely sensitive to, it's like I have perfect pitch, but for like seeing people interface with each other. Yeah. Now, maybe that's not actually true. Maybe that's just like what it feels like in my head, but I feel like, so what I've felt in the last two years is like a, a total fundamental difference in the way that people speak to me. Mm. Young people treat me with more like, oh, you're older than me. And older people will just talk to me as if (laughs) I'm them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas normally the relationship you have with people in their 50s is like, you're you're 25. So it's like- Yeah, definitely. So your relationship to that is like, you're with the, their kids and their their parents, and yeah. you're like, "Hi," and you have that inner. You have that. Even if I'm hired to like shoot their wedding, like on the weekend, I got that energy. But yeah. But then something happens. I don't know what it is. You just see enough shit, or you are just like wrinkly enough, mm-hmm. and your hair is thinning enough that they're like, "This must be someone of a certain age." And then there's a sort of kinship, and people like young adults. I think people just like young adults because it's like you're young enough that you can relate to people who are younger but you're old enough that people can talk to you and just be like we could both be dads like we we have something in common probably you're kind of like you're in the prime of your life literally where you just are everyone's kind of looking at you maybe if something is happening yeah you know the very old and the very young and then as you go towards the middle it starts people have more independence or whatever so I think I, I can. So I can definitely feel sort of a, a new respect, and it wasn't there when I was twenty eight. I don't know. Okay, it so really it, wasn't there. There is actually a difference between those a like, couple years, even. Yeah, there's been a difference, like in the last month and two or two. I would say I could fundamentally feel 
cashiers oh, and stuff totally. talking to me differently. Can you, um, do you feel like, um, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Mm. One second. That's okay. We smoked weed this morning because it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel like that's kind of like when I was a teenager and like I actually wasn't like ugly and undesirable, but I like just... It was my attitude. Like, do you wonder if it's actually not really how you look very much? Because you look younger than most 30-year-olds. Um, <laughs> it's actually, like, really well, I, I, lack your of sunlight, energy. It has to be. Well, lack of sunlight. Also, lack you wear drinking. sunscreen. I don't, I don't yeah, know very many men who just put on sunscreen on their face. You sweet boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I know. I don't know. Um, do you think it's, like, partially just, like, your energy and your attitude? Like, you're just, um, mm -hmm. you truly, like, don't walk around and I feel like a lot of the energy with young people is like what is this situation going to give me like what am I going to gather from this interaction what am I going to gain from doing this like, I agree um there's also and to add you, to that there's also sort of a I feel like a lot of people use conversations as a means to get them from somewhere somewhere else like mm -hmm. we talked about manipulate like when we were on mushrooms recently we talked about um I talked about like you know how um you can, and I, I only know this recently, you can have muscles in your body that are tense that you don't even know are tensing. Your yeah. brain is just holding on to them. Your psoas. Your psoas, things like that. And your muscles being really tight can affect your posture and it can affect the way you sit. And the way you sit can affect the level of serotonin in your brain and the lack, of, and the level of serotonin in your brain can dictate whether or not you're confident. And if you're confident, it'll dictate whether or not you're happy. Like, it literally is this incredible chain. It's like Sushi's tail when she's confident and makes a little shepherd's It makes a little bow. shepherd's uh, staff. When <laughs> cats are confident, they're, they're like, the tips of their tails kind of curl over if they have long tails, <gasps> which is super cute. You're like, oh, she's feeling confident. She has her little, <laughs> it's like a little knot at the top of her tail. <sighs> yeah. Um, so in the same way that you can be holding, like, these crazy uh, tensions in your body that can fuck up your whole uh, mentality, I think you can have similar tensions in your brain with how you engage with other people mm. where you are yourself when you're like alone, there's no fight or flight instinct at all. And then suddenly you're with people and depending on the amount of people there are, depending on the, the dominance hierarchy of like who you think is cool or appealing or attractive or whatever, like you will just change. Sometimes when guys hang out with a bunch of guys, they get mad. They like become more, uh, you know, their voices get lower and they become more aggressive and there's yeah. more swearing and there's, you know, versus yeah. when, and when a bunch of women get together, I'm assuming that there's similar like changes in pitch of their voice and they, you know, Ugh. things happen. Yeah. Um, um, so there are these um, underlying tensions that can be there where if you get into a conversation with somebody and you feel like you want to control how they see you, you will start to do stuff. I think that is, at its very basic level, like manipulative. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really hard to let that go. And when you do let it go, what it feels like is that you are just honest. And when people ask questions, you say stuff that is not necessarily like appealing. You just kind of just say like what is true. Yeah. And then uh, because you're not trying to manipulate them and people can feel that, they just think you're like the coolest person. And I think it's why we like people who are like just, you know, um, awkward and say funny personal things and are just honest and seem to be like together with themselves. Yeah. People just find that attractive. 
so much more than lying and being like, I'm the perfect person. And I'm yeah. just going to tell you why. And the way that we see this in the wild a lot is like people who are just a bunch of responses, like a bunch of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like somebody mentions like superhero movies. And then the one guy is like, oh, I think that there is superhero fatigue and I'm tired of them. And uh, when's the last time a movie wasn't a remake or a sequel? Like, yeah. that's like such a like, it's okay if you feel that way, but it's such a canned response. Yeah. And I also think that you're trying to control the way that people see you. Yeah, and also it's just like, I don't know, the repetition of stories and the redoing of stories is like a tradition that's been going on for like all time. Yeah. Like literally like Shakespeare is full of mirrors of other like earlier plays and totally. like m- like little fables and stuff like that. Like it's all, we all feel, it's like music, you know? I think are the same. It almost seems like what people, and this is like a generally speaking across the board of, of most of the mediums, like video and music and where it's like, it literally is different. Like music just is not what it was in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and movies just are not what they were in the 90s. Like literally like, it's it's funny that when you're raised in the era of rom-coms and action movies, you know, like uh, Independent Day and like all that Jurassic Park and all this <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. It's like, you go like, this is cinema. Mm-hmm. And then the people behind that are like, this is cinema. Charlie Chaplin, music. It was like, this is cinema. Like this. 60s epic movies with like, yeah, the like Dr. Zhivago. And... Yeah, and it's like, as you go back and back, it's just like people are, are it's like they are incapable of redefining their lens um, when the when like everything changes through technology and innovation. Like if, if people don't like superhero movies now, it's just like, do you know how sick it is that there's like 35 movies that are all connected? It's like the biggest narrative ever compiled because you have to do them two and a half hours at a time over 10 years. It's just like, there's something so insanely epic about that. And the fact that they're still enjoyable when I watch them, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is funny and smart. So it's, it's like the action sequences are, they're all CG, but it's just like, how else are you going to have Spider-Man fucking swinging around? (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? Put Tom Holland to make him swing like 400 miles an hour through New York. Like, um, so it's just, and, it, and it's sad that they can't, because I bet there's like amazing short stuff happening on like Vimeo. Yeah. But because they don't, they don't see it, that as being a movie, they don't talk about it. So it's yeah. easier just to go like, man, movies are so different from when I was young. And therefore, <laughs> they should bad. be closer to what I liked when <laughs> I was young. And in these cases, the people we're talking about, it's like what my parents liked. Yeah. Like people who are like in their 20s, it's like. You, you haven't even been alive long enough yet to have a super crazy opinion, which is great because it means you have all this, you have all this time ahead of you of watching movies and forming opinions and becoming more informed. And But it's just easier to be like a set of responses. Like the film guy would say that Marvel movies aren't good. Yeah. And that's so boring. And, and ironically, if he's saying that to make people like him, people actually like it when people are just confident and inclusive and gay. Because if there is someone who likes Marvel movies, they might... I don't know. They might just go like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Versus you could say like, wow, isn't it crazy that it's like a 45 movie narrative that's stitched together like a quilt? Like, isn't that sick? Yeah. You can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin didn't even have sound. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of like his actual history, it's not very long ago. Anyway, all I have to say is that I think that as you get older, those life forces you to like relax those muscles. And then people can feel that. And that, I think, is, generally speaking, what makes um, this energy 
change about you. Yeah. And then people are more likely to walk up to you. Like, I've had so many people lately just going like, so wh- where are you from? Like, people just walk up to me. That happened to like, me at the wedding. It was so weird. Yeah. I, we had it at the Bon shop. Oh, yeah. Our guy did it. The guy at the cafe also did it before oh, that. Oh, he loved you. Yeah, he gave you a free pastry. And it's because I was just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm turning 30 in a few days and we're here to visit family and blah, blah, blah. I don't know why. I think like when I was working with all these customer jobs, there was never, I never had any experiences where I was like, wow, I think I just made like a human connection. Yeah. Like yeah. someone was just like, you know, like yeah. it'd be so nice if I was like, I literally just am not great at this job and I don't know where those pants are. So yeah. I was like, okay, no problem. Yeah. Like, that working in service, that. there's nobody who ever, like there was a, Guy who was in my residence who seemed to just completely forget who I was, yeah. who would come into the bean bon, the bean me, the bon me shop like twice a week. And I'd be like, Hi, how's it going? He's like, Hey, uh, I'll have a beef one. I'd be like, Okay. Okay. <laughs> Idiot. Just making it all right here. Eat it. It's like, wow, this person's Yeah, imagine cold. that if, if like a if like a service person just returned the same energy and they were just like, Okay, here, here, take it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dirty. It's um it is weird. It is crazy the idea of it. Because you just it's it just time is weird. Time is life is a fickle mistress. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um but and this is what people always say, is that it doesn't feel bad, it's just different. You know what I mean? I am almost at thirty thankful. That I don't have too many warm and fuzzy feelings about being a kid. Because I can imagine that if it was, if I had an incredible childhood, I would probably miss it. Yeah. <laughs> because life is hard. I, I think about that too. Like my childhood was like, I had some amazing opportunities and I, I did some amazing things. But they were often like, even like traveling to Europe with my parents mm. would be shrouded in like stress and them totally. and my brother just bullying me. Like we had some, definitely some very nice golden times, but it's not like... Some kids who like literally like or people going through high school who like kill it in high school. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, like and they're, they're 25 and they're like doing coke and they're like, oh, man. all right. <laughs> Dude, it has to be tough. Imagine like we climb the music industry. Yeah. And we, we feel like we got all the things we wanted and we're just on top. And then like literally Spotify just closes down and we lose all of our listeners. And because of the algorithmic effect of Spotify, like we literally have to like it literally destroys our music career because no one had any. People didn't really know us. They just like would listen to playlists and blah, blah, yeah. blah. It would probably be difficult to to get the energy to like restart that momentum. Especially if you had a taste at the top, you know, it might be even more difficult. So I imagine that the person who kills in high school and then goes to college, it might be like, oh no, mm-hmm. now it's the coolest people of every high school yes. in one place. That's a huge thing in the music school, especially because music oh, yeah, is such That's a, right. um, it's, it's even smaller school. McGill has a fancy reputation for music and like the best little music kid at school gets so much like, like, wow, this person's really talented. This person is like super talented. Totally. And then they get I got to a bit of they, that with yeah. guitar playing, yeah. which made when I didn't get into Vanny, like very bad for my ego. Because I was, re- I was like sure that, I- and also, I had no, uh, I had no. It was very easy for me to get excited, and then the disappointment would be devastating. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. So it was bad. It's not like not a good loop to get into. <laughs> so, um, and then if you actually do get in, now you're just like, oh fuck, I'm against like all of these people now, who 
who are, and they must cut, it must create like a crazy toxic environment of competitiveness amongst a certain amount of like, you know, alpha dominant people, men and women and everything in between who just are, I just, and uh, as fuck. I just don't believe in music school. Maybe like if you're talking about mm. school in general, yes. I just like, I don't know what you don't it believe does. In its current yeah. form. I, what I, what I does just... music school look like for you? Oh, we can, uh, we're already, uh, you know, way past our normal limit, but what, what would, what would a good music school be like in your opinion as someone who went to one? Um, I think like Juilliard kind of has it right. How it's like extremely, I don't know if it's actually still is, is but it very like, dynamic. No, just like super selective and super individual. Oh, okay. Yeah. Super, super selective, super, super individual because there just isn't really a music factory where we can all work and get jobs. And there cannot be like people who aren't good enough in music school and they scrape by with B's and C's and are also not good. Like I got B's and C's, but I also like have like my best courses were my performance courses. Yeah. Um, so the, the thankfully like the, you know, like in my senior year of high school, I just almost failed math. Because I it dawned on me that I do not need math to be a musician. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Like I was already so well too. past my my necessary ability to do math. Mm -hmm. Like my my instant math was solid, and this is what you need for calculating chords yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But uh, so so I almost failed. And similarly, like I think, do you think deep in your heart somewhere you knew that there was that you were gonna maybe be a performer one day, and you just wouldn't need these classes <laughs> no that's totally why because i wanted to go to music school or arts for some degree i was also interested in like writing and being like an editor or something so right, i was so like, young when you, when you were forced to make that decision anyway you couldn't have possibly yeah. had the confidence to know what you wanted to do yet i knew that i had to make the decision by grade 12 and um I was considering before I like really hurt my ankle, ankle, my ankle. Um, <laughs> doing soccer at like a university and doing writing and editing, which was, is so stupid that I thought that was going to be a thing. Um, because even if I hadn't hurt my ankle, ankle, um, <laughs> there's a scene I, in wedding like, crashers where Owen Wilson goes, I wasn't pouting. I twisted my ankle. <laughs> yeah, it's really And funny. now it's just part of our thing. Go ahead. Um, but like varsity sports are extremely demanding and it would have taken yeah. me like eight years to do a good job at what I wanted oh to God, do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, music school, um, I knew it pretty early on, but I was had a very diluted idea of what I actually enjoyed doing. Um, and yeah, I just think it should be super, super selective and they let in way too many people and they let way too many people teach. Mm. that shouldn't be teaching. Um, I think like it should really be focused on creating something new. Um, I think there can be conservatories for orchestra training programs specifically, but um, I just think that the way it's run right now is way too big. Like it's just like people don't care enough about the music and yeah. what they're doing and they don't want to create anything new. They just want to perfect a performance style or something. Like even the people that I know that like, some people that I know that are good orchestral performers still like write and do other music. Right. And they're always like the best ones to some degree, you know? Um, I also think the technology forces us to, uh, to, it's like an accordion, you know, that's constantly closing in that if the tech technology allows, there's no reason why you shouldn't do your own tracking or your, or your own, um, your own artwork or your own like, yeah. and people just have to, become more dynamic and have more avenues. And yeah. thankfully, if you're in it for the right reasons, like you will welcome 
other yeah, ways of doing they, people, music. Some kids seek out other things to do that are musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like it's insane to me that at music school there is so little focus on fostering a creative spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to know the statistics of how many people leave McGill Music School because it outputs a shitload of musicians. A lot of people drop out. Oh, wait, wait. Do you mean like uh, how, how what, many people drop out or how, how many, many people, people graduate? How many, well, how many people go through McGill and whether they drop out or not, how many end up working in music or a, or like, you know, next to music somehow, like being a music teacher? The thing is, though, is that like, I think maybe there's a lot of people that in, end up in those next to music positions and it truly maybe wasn't what they actually wanted to do. And it does kind of like upset them to a degree, like music teachers. Man. Also, you know, you know there are a crazy. Lot. I don't know if I'm just a late developer, but I, my, the, the fastest rate of transformation in my life has been the last five years. So it's like, you know, let's say that there, I have some sort of like uber mensch peak integrity that I can reach as a human being. Integrity. Let's say it's Christ. Integrity. <laughs> Let's say it's Christ-like. It's okay. truly like this is the highest, you know, if we use the biblical idea of like this perfect androgynous person, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and it's like I started probably lower than most due to the nature of being poor. Yeah. Um, and then it's a kind of slow rise, slow rise. The amount of of uh, you know, month over month, like increase in general consciousness and you know empathy and patience and all these like other things that people should have. Um, the most of it has been in the last few years. It like hockey sticks in a big way of progress made mm. and and things you know in place and things that are secure and conversations that needed to be had and like all this kind of stuff. Um, I can't imagine the idea that like before all that change started, I would have already been done like a bachelor's degree, (laughs) which means that I would have made the most important decision of my life. Then I would have changed um, crazy. I would have changed like a a lot, Mm -hmm. my habits, my values, my rhythms, my thinking, like all these things change. And now it's like, I still have the degree and the experience of the person who was not like me at all. Mm-hmm. And they made all their decisions based on things that I don't even agree with anymore. Yeah. And now I'm in this line of work that I made that I chose for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. That's why um, in um, Australia and I think some parts of Europe or, or Europe and Britain and stuff, it's really important. Like a lot of kids, like most kids, I think, take what's called like a like a year in between, like a gap year. They like uh, they just travel or they work a little bit and mm. they like were just relaxed after high school or whatever they went to. Yeah. Like experience yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's a really good thing to do. I think a year like isn't quite enough and a lot of them just use it to party, but <laughs> yeah. But also, I don't know. The part of me is like, partying is experience too. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think that partying for this generation is the natural product of being overworked. Mm, yeah. You know, it's like, People who work hard also play hard. Yeah. Like we don't work that hard. We also don't play that hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like really. Like we we have pretty like tame, um, stress free existences really, and we also do not feel the need to go ape shit. Most of the drugs we do are for medical reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're not even like uh, doing ecstasy. 
I want to do because it's I've read like so many things about its potential for uh, making people feel better about their uh, PTSD. Yeah, and and I don't know if it resolves it, but I think it does a lot to help you cope and to maybe find resolutions within yourself and close loops and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, because I think that's the goal of it is literally like trying to take off as much baggage as possible. You know. Start like trying to unlearn habits that are really bad. Like a, it's great a child example. state. Yeah, that's right. We I've been like, yeah, there's this idea where it's like you leave home and then you go through life and then you come back to where you started, but it's like the first time you've been there. Mm-hmm. That would have been very much like Bilbo, yeah, coming back to the Shire. Yeah, you know, like if the idea me like, coming back to my parents' house. <laughs> yeah, to and the idea that is it Shire the Shire is like unconscious, like childhood kind of. You know, it's like Eden, literally. Like, it's like this party. Everyone, like, lives, like, simple, fulfilling lives. Yeah. And then uh, you go into Mordor, which is, like, adulthood. Yeah. And then you hopefully, I guess, destroy, like, your cynicism. (laughs) And then you come back to the Shire, and you hopefully end up like Sam. Yeah. And not like Frodo. 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 Or Bilbo, really. (laughs) Bilbo, yeah. Bilbo also Bilbo has to go to the Undying Lands. He gets corrupted, right, by the, the rain? The Undying Lands, maybe to some some creatures sounds great, but to me it sounds like an infinite... Ugh. That's the thing about the Undying Lands. I don't know like, anything about it. It's like purgatory? No, no. It's where people who have just like been through a lot of shit go. I mean, I might, I may have... I may be just saying all the wrong things, but like, no, that's yeah, your it, it's been it. through... It, it, yeah, it's people who have been through a lot of shit and like horrible things and they need a place to like go and be peaceful but i think it's like it's like you know because they kind of show as if it's like it's like bright yeah it is sad it's bright but sad it has to be um it has to be connected to uh the soldiers who would come home and just be like yes. totally disconnected from yes. everybody yes because you can't you can't un- you can't unlearn the severity of man i mean like i think honestly being a uh being a news junkie has been that Mm. And I think in some ways it has been good. Yeah. Because it, it literally is better to play piano when you're like, when you have a sense of the bigger picture. If you don't get swallowed by it, which is also easy to do. But you generally like the tactile experience of playing piano is more satisfying. And it's less riddled with like your thoughts about what piano means and why you're playing and <laughs> what's the point of this and how am I going to do, how am I, how is this going to get me to point B, which is where I want to go. Yep. You know, like all that kind of stuff, which really gets in the way big time. Um, so yeah, that, that was a, that was a good tangent. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't even know how we really got onto that, but being 30 is being 30, being 30 is interesting. It's uh good so far. We've, we've been having a, last two days of it also it's kind of nice to be like do my birthday after being home for yeah nearly two weeks celebration <laughs> yeah it is a little bit because I'm, I'm such a this is like one of the reasons i was looking up the like the autism stuff is mm. that the thing that caught my ear right away when i was hearing about kind of the common symptoms that you might look for is this sort of um this difficulty with thinking in the abstract mm. which the what 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 they mean by that is that like there's a reason why um autistic uh, children will freak out if you move a chair mm. in a room or you change a surrounding mm. it's because they we you and I can go here's the room and if i start moving the piano around and stuff you're like 
room, piano moving about room. You're like you can do, you can think that the room is not yeah. changing, even though we're changing the fact that the piano is not on this wall anymore. But if you can't think abstractly, if I move the piano, it's like new space, mm. unsure. You know, it's like stress, literally, yes. like you know, in so many steps, like you just end up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't have a problem with that, and I'm, I think I'm actually pretty good yeah. at thinking abstractly. But I have a sort of commitment to my day in day out. Yeah, and like I think staying at somebody else's house in their office on a pullout bed is like very disruptive for you in like a messy room, you know. Yeah, it used to be just like I couldn't do it. Mm. And this like I was pretty much fine. I just was like yeah, not yeah. I was put it this way, I wasn't um I wasn't frustrated yeah. or like angry at why like why are yeah. we here? Why are we doing this? Which is probably where I would have been. Instead I was just a little like Blue. Blue, yes. On we. On we, my sweet on And also, like, boy. honestly, there was a bunch of emotionally challenging yeah, exactly. things. Exactly. No, just no, like, no, no. It was just the space. Yeah. That's the other thing that I guess. And also, eating poorly, not getting a lot yeah, of light. Candy. Drinking, <laughs> like, all the other stuff. It just yeah. kind of makes you be like, I'm not into it. Yeah. But anyway, I guess, I guess that's good. That'll round off our 30, dirty, dirty, <laughs> flirty. <laughs> 30 thriving um and now i think we're gonna go get coffee and see a movie mm-hmm, it's gonna be so nice enjoy your day treat yourself <laughs> yep i guess that's what it's all about just a series of okay. moments all right <laughs> each more bitter than the last this isn't the opposite i love how people are like oh be present and then like I don't think that is being present, not to go off on a tangent right away, but no, it's fine. I don't care. But like, uh, I feel like when people do talk about that a lot, that's also not being present because it's like making up something to say instead of just like enjoying the day or whatever. Yeah. You know? So, so I had a bit of a, I was thinking about this recently. It kind of clicked with me the way that whistling recently, like kind of clicked in my head. I was like, okay. Hell yeah. So the idea of, uh, it was like, a, I was watching this on um, Alan Watts video mm. and uh, he was talking about the idea that People people uh, confuse the idea that meditation has a point. Yes. If you're doing meditation in order to to participate in some sort of bigger picture, like if I meditate, I will be more effective and I'll make more money. Um, the idea is that that ruins it because it's sort of a... Meditating is like dancing or playing music where if if getting to the end of a song was the point then the fastest musicians would be the most famous. Yeah. But it's not really about that. It's about kind of just getting from point A to point B. That journey. (laughs) Same as dancing, where dancing doesn't have a fixed outcome. Because again, fastest dancers would be the most successful because it's about just moving quickly. Yeah. And similarly, meditation is is another, is one of the only things that is like that, where the, the meditation is supposed to be kind of like, getting into the present. Yeah. You know, like really like leaning in it. And it's supposed to actually be like fun because like playing music and dancing, it's like supposed to be nice to connect to being alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way to do it and this morning, I was trying to do it when we were just laying down was, was trying to have no judgment of what my senses were picking up, but to just like hear rain sounds and to just like, and to have no opinion on it. Just literally like take in your senses and it feels weird. Like when blowing, when you're like trying to whistle and it connects and you start making a tone. Yeah. It feels like that. When you like slip into 
having no thoughts about anything, just yeah. just letting your senses take everything in, especially especially in my case, like listening mm. and uh, breathing. You know, like just that. It's I think that is the secret of it. Yeah, it allows you to corral your mind. Yeah, and then uh, working it like a muscle. Working it like a muscle, and and it's I think that literally it has to be the hardest part for everybody is that first like ten percent of yeah. anything, or like playing guitar, or like getting into meditating. Yep. That first hump seems impossible because you have to like carbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you literally have to learn that you can not do it. Yeah, which is right now you're just like I don't believe it, and every time you don't do it, your brain reinforces that it's bad for you to do it. Yeah, there's another thing about it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>